This episode of Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. So, uh, on our episode today with Chip McGregor, we talk about one of the best items in the whiskey bar is a holiday snacking board or a snack board charcuterie plate however you want to call it and at Zupans now they have a guide to putting together a great snacking board or charcuterie with cheeses cured meats accoutrements whatever you like you go right down the list at zupans.com and you can put together some pretty good ideas and then go pick them up at Zupans, conveniently, uh, always conveniently, and uh, and have everything put together before you go in. Yeah, I gotta say, Chris, Zupans makes it super easy for these charcuterie boards, and some people might be intimidated by it, but again, with the guide that Zupans gives you uh, and all the great selection that you're gonna have at your local Zupans, it they'll actually come together really great, and you will woo all your friends and neighbors. So, uh, in court, what else does Zupans have going on? Well, Chris, I don't think you can ever go wrong with the meals ready to heat at your local Zupans. They've always got great stuff going on. You can ring in the new year right now. In fact, this week, a Dungeness Crab Dinner for Two uh, while supplies last. So keep that in mind. But also keep in mind they've got weekly wine specials and great things happening on their website and via their newsletter. So we always recommend people sign up for the news feed on the website, Zupans.com. And of course, you can always stop into your local location. And that's three locations. McAdam, West Burnside, and Lake Oswego. And where else? As I mentioned, zoopans.com. All right, here it is. Time once again. It's Portland's Food Scene Podcast with your host, Chris Angeles from Portland Food Adventures. And I'm Court Johnson from Portland Radio, kink.fm. Thank you very much. I hope you had a great Christmas and uh, a great New Year coming up. 2022, which will be the ninth year of this podcast coming up. That's so hard to believe, and we've said that before, but nine years... Uh, we're starting our ninth year. We've completed eight. And so to complete our eighth year, um, we have a fun one here. We have Chip McGregor from McGregor's Whiskey Bar, two locations out in my neck of the woods, one in Manzanita where they opened their original location, and now over in Cannon Beach. Uh, Chip talks about the difference between the two locations on this podcast and how he and his wife, Holly, where they started their whiskey bar in the former Dixie's Wine Bar space in Manzanita. They're coming up on five years there now, and uh, it's, really, it's really a cool place. They've done a lot. Uh, Chip has the consummate radio voice and takes us through a little of the history of what's gone on there and what he's learned and what people can learn by stopping in and um, to either McGregor's locations and, and learning a little bit about whiskey. It doesn't necessarily need to be about whiskey either. They serve other libations as well. So um, they're pretty cool locations. And of course, the coast has had its challenges with lots of visitors, but not being able to open. So uh, Chip and Holly got through that over the last year. Um, we'll also mention that they have their general manager, Lynn, was in a terrible car accident. On a road I take quite often, Route 26, 
um, back about a month or two ago. There is a GoFundMe link on McGregor'sWhiskeyBar.com. You can check out and contribute to help get her back up on her feet sooner rather than later. Uh, Chip and I just met recently. Uh, I've been in there a few times, but we met recently to plan a little shindig that I'm going to be doing, and Chip's going to be putting together a little whiskey program for a party, and uh, it's been fun. We learned we were, uh, we were both children of, or graduates in the class of 76, which anybody with a calculator or without would find out that we're both 63 years old. I always enjoy the interviews that I have with people who are around my age. They've been around the block, they have some history and some perspective, and we're not necessarily always talking about their dreams any longer. We're talking about what they've accomplished and what they do and what they do well. So, with that said, we're going to complete 2021 with Chip McGregor of McGregor's Whiskey Bar in Manzanita and also now in Cannon Beach. Right at the Fork is brought to you by Zupan's Markets. Unsurpassed quality from the best meats and wines to local baked goods, fresh flowers, and an extensive craft beer selection. Step into Zupan's and be inspired for your next meal. Food-loving customers as well as local chefs know that Zupan's is the place to find the very best Northwest Bounty in Portland, West Burnside, Southwest McAdam, and Lake Oswego. Local and family-owned for over 40 years. Zupan's Markets. Portland Food Adventures. Join our host, Chris Angelis, and his colleague, Austri Enzyme, next September for a wildly delicious adventure through Western Sicily. Palermo, Marsala, and lots in between. Book now to make sure you don't miss the best of Sicily. Since 2015, PFA has been taking Portlanders on incredible journeys with Portland chefs and artisans to Europe and beyond. Check out the Trips tab at PortlandFoodAdventures.com for Sicily, Spain, and more. Or contact Chris through the website right now while you're listening to the podcast and by honorconnor.org. Honor Connor is a community based around those affected by suicide, a compassionate group of volunteers ready to help transform grief into empowerment and action that was formed by Scott and Lisa Johnson after their beloved son Connor tragically took his own life. Visit honorconnor.org. That's C O N N O R to see what resources are available to you and how you can help families in need. All right. Chip McGregor there. Looking good. Uh, thank you. You're, you're all groomed. You got your hair all set. You got some nice glasses on. You look like you should be serving some whiskey. <clears throat> uh, yeah, exactly right. I, yeah, I even shaved for you, even though it's a holiday week. Hey, there's some brotherly love going on here. I shaved also today. Not as much, but I did. Right. So, um, but thanks for joining us. I assume this is a busy week for you in terms of the, your businesses? Yeah, well, it would normally be a busy week, except here on the North uh, Oregon coast, uh, you know, we've had snow. You know, I've, I've been here a dozen years, and we've had a dusting a couple of times, but this is the first time. Uh, here in Manzanita on the Oregon coast. We've got snow and it's been there for a couple of days and it hasn't gotten above freezing and it's just never like this. And so it's not a busy week. Everybody is just, uh, you know, sheltered uh, at home. 
enjoying the Christmas lights. Yeah, but I would think anybody who made plans for the Christmas week who is down here can navigate downtown Manzanita. That's yeah. not so bad. And yeah, so, so that's what we're hoping. They're looking for places to get out. I've had four people in my house here since uh, Friday, and uh, <laughs> that's only four, but I'm not used to it. And they're all my all loved right. ones, and, and at, at the fifth. And so we were just talking about how it would be nice to get out because we haven't really gotten out. Yeah, you remember the old Benjamin Franklin quote? Uh, Benjamin Franklin once said, uh, fish and friends stink after three days. Yes, yeah. I, I'm yeah, not so going to say that, but I'm just okay. saying we're getting a little cabin fever. So it would, yeah. it would stand to reason that someone, there are, might be others like me or us out there who want to find a little watering hole. Right, if you want to get away, get someplace which is warm and nice, and uh, maybe even drink a little whiskey. Maybe, maybe. So let's talk a little bit about McGregor's, because I read this morning as that you and Holly, your wife, met there when it was Dixie's Wine Bar. It, correct me if I'm wrong. No, that's, that's absolutely correct. Uh, I was a publisher uh, for Time Warner, and uh, Holly was a high school English teacher. And um, uh, Time Warner that sold the book group. I was put out of work. Um, Holly took a medical leave from her job. And we, ran, we, we actually met at, uh, in Manzanita at the community center um, at a, a community reading. She was asked to read a piece. Uh, and they asked me if I'd come as a literary agent if I would come. And uh, like most community readings, it was terrible. And um, uh, but I sat there politely. And then this woman, this blonde woman, got up and read something, and it was so good. And I walked up to her uh, in the intermission and said, "Look, you, you don't know me at all, but oh my gosh, that was great. You have a great, you have great voice in your work." And Holly was like, "Yeah, thanks." And she turned and walked away, clearly thinking I was hitting on her. I was, "No, no, wait." But a month later, uh, I walked into Dixie's Wine Bar there in Manzanita, and uh, she was sitting there talking to the novelist Deborah Reed. Uh, and I walked in, and I heard someone say, you should talk to this guy. He's a literary agent. And I turned, and there she was. So yeah, Holly and I actually met and had our first conversation in the building that we now own as McGregor. That was over five words, because you, you were able to try and get a few words in. Not many edge yeah. wise. Yeah. So, um, and that was, you know, uh, I, there, of course, in, as far as Manzanita goes, there is the Sand Dune pub, but it's got a certain vibe. But I always thought when I moved to Manzanita, I always thought Dixie's, and now your place is, has similar vibe, but Dixie's was kind of the cheers of Manzanita at yeah. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Dixie, yeah, Dixie, for those who don't know, Dixie had a wine bar and, uh, and it was great. I used to go in there sometimes. Uh, Sand Dune Pub uh, is uh, down the road from us um, and a good spot. Spent many an hour there enjoying, uh, enjoying stuff. Uh, they had a hard time during COVID like all of us did. They were closed a lot. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then uh, Jay owns uh, the lighthouse up on 101, um, which you know uh, you know a dive bar, a nice dive bar, and uh, 
uh, lots going on there and everything. But yeah, Holly and I, several years ago, we're, we're coming up on our fifth birthday uh, of uh, McGregor's Whiskey Bar. And uh, several years ago, we were just talking about it. And it's like, you know what this town needs? It needs a nice bar. It needs an upscale kind of bar. Because people are coming in. We've got tourists coming in. People who live here, um, if they don't want to hang out at a pub, where do they go? I mean, there were four seats up at the Neocani Bistro. There are, you know, four or five seats up at the Thai restaurant. And and that was it. That, but again, there you're just at a bar, really at a restaurant. I mean, you're sitting at the bar at a restaurant. So and same thing with Big Wave. That with was a bar at a restaurant. Right. Yeah. So we came up with this concept of... Let's do a whiskey bar. Let's do something really upscale, which is nice. Have a wide variety of whiskeys and uh, offer classes. Let people know about it. Uh, really focus on craft cocktails and having and having good pours. And so, what was your background to be able to feel confident that you were the person that could uh, to be the, the proprietor of McGregor? So I had uh, <clears throat> I researched it by drinking a lot. At that time, or just your whole life, you had you had a you had a portfolio of life to speak of. Yeah, you have to sort of build up to it. You have to sort of build up to drinking a lot. It doesn't it doesn't happen overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, but we, actually, I, I've been really interested in uh, in distilling. So the the funny thing is, is I'm I'm actually not a huge drinker, and I know that you're not a, a, a drinker either. Uh, but I enjoy the I enjoy uh, the science behind distilling. I enjoy the story behind distilling. Uh, my family's from Scotland, from Pitlochry, Scotland, and so you know, was always interested in in Scotch. And uh, uh, and then I lived in Nashville for several years, and and was interested in in bourbon. It's kind of on the edge of the bourbon trail there. Um, and uh, uh, so I was I was really interested in it. Started studying it. Was reading books on it. Took some classes on it and everything. As a publisher, got to help people do. Got to help people publish a couple of books uh, on whiskey. And um, you know, at some point, it was like you know you could teach a class on this. Uh, you could teach a class just talking about this is the distilling process, and here's what's unique about Scotch. Here's what's unique about bourbon. Here's what's unique about rye. Uh, uh, here's what is not terribly unique about Irish or Canadian, but, um, and, um, uh, so got into that and decided, you know, this would be a great venue to be able to do that. And, you know, where people could come in and they could try things. If people don't want to spend, they really don't want to spend a thousand dollars on the secondary market on a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. But they'll come in and they'll spend sixty bucks to try a pour of it, you know, to see if it's if it's really all that. Um, and uh, uh, so, being able to open a place like that where they could come in and then where we could talk about it, and the people would know, <clears throat> the servers and the bartender would understand. This is what's unique about this, and could talk about the flavors. You know, there's an interesting thing. For years, I've taught classes on. On whiskey, and I always say to people, Chris, um, you know, the difference between an expert and a beginner is basically vocabulary. Experts can talk about stuff. They can explain stuff. So, so you know, you, you teach people. You teach people, this is how you nose it. Now, describe it. What are the things that you smell? Now, 
swish it around in your mouth. Describe the taste. You know, what are the flavors that you're getting? What does it remind you of? And once, and once you get people trying that and actually having to put into words, this is what I'm smelling, this is what I'm tasting, this is what the aftertaste is, um, they start feeling... Oh yeah, they can participate in this as well, you know. So yeah, we do, you know, we do uh, monthly classes in it where we talk about stuff. We try and do a lot of tasting. Certainly, we were doing a tasting a week here before before COVID. Try to involve all the distilleries, uh, certainly in in Oregon and Washington, everybody that can come in, and uh, and I love doing that. that. To me, that's part of the fun. And so, who's your market? I would imagine. You've got some people in Manzanita and Cannon Beach. There aren't a lot of permanent residents here. But you've got a lot of Portlanders who are here on a regular basis. And then other people coming in from Seattle and California that that are looking for a nice place to stay. You've chosen Cannon Beach and Manzanita. So you're, as a matter of course, going to get a more... Uh, amenable market to what you have, I would think. But so, how much of it is local? How much of it is are one-time hits? Yeah, and what's interesting is, so we have two locations. Uh, McGregor's is uh, a whiskey bar, the original one, coming up on five years, has been in Manzanita. And then we've got a second location in Cannon Beach, which is coming up on three years. And and they have a very different vibe. Um, Manzanita, very much... Uh, local uh, crowd. Um, locals know us, they love us, they realize that, um, you know, here's a great place to go, you know, been very loyal to us. Obviously, we have tourists coming in, um, but Manzanita being a small tourist town on the Oregon coast, which gets a lot of repeat tourists, people who kind of know about it have discovered Manzanita. And so they come in. So it's always funny, Chris, because, you know, you get a lot of people who are like, Chip, yeah, Chip, Chip McGregor. Remember us? You know, we came in, you know, last March. Oh, of course, I remember you. <laughs> and you know, they want to know because they've had, uh, they tried something. You introduced us to Isla Scotches, you know, or you introduced us to, uh, you introduced us to Rise or to Michters or whatever it is. Um, and and that's very much the vibe in Manzanita. Cannabis Beach, totally different. Cannabis Beach frankly, feels like it's all tourists. It's all people coming in from out of town. Um, so you don't necessarily have to remember as much for those people. Manzanita, do you have any kind of database system to put in, this is the Smiths and we did this and this? So you can- We do. As a matter of fact, it's funny you'd ask that. So we started a whiskey club for that reason, where we track what people drink so that they can try things. And when when our customers, once they've tried 50 different whiskeys, then they get their name on a plaque on the wall. They get to become a gold member, which, uh, uh, and we've got the plaque. You can come in and see it. It's got a long list of names on it of people. We, have, we also have a whiskey club, um, and we do events for the people in our whiskey club. It's $50 a year, and... Um, they get to come to all of our classes for free. There's coupons for you know it's ten dollars off a flight or um, or we'll get a you know we'll get a bottle of something rare, you know we'll, we'll get a like a, a Brooklady Octomore for example. Um, well, it's in, so in demand that uh, we just make it available to the to the whiskey club members so they can come in and get a, get a pour uh, before anybody else uh, even hears about it. So. Yep, you're right. And, but like I say, Cannabis, it's, it's, it's just a different vibe. It's very much, um, 
you know, we're const- I like to say to people, we're constantly being discovered in Cannabis Beach because it's always people coming in. And it's like, oh my gosh, there's a whiskey bar and you've got more than 200 brown liquors here. That's amazing. Yep. Here we go. And are. does anybody, uh, you know, I know there's uh, in Portland, Multnomah Whiskey Bar, but that's the only other one I really know. Are there any other pretty significant whiskey bars people could visit in Oregon? You've got. Oh, sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact, you know, if you're in Portland, if you haven't been out to Oregon City to go to the Highland Still House, Highland Still House is one of my favorite whiskey bars. I mean, next to my own. Um, but the Highland Still House out of Oregon City is great. I, I like the Pope House, which right. is 21st and Gleason, I think, um, in northwest Portland. The Pope House is there. Um, uh, obviously, Whiskey Library. And below the Whiskey Library, you know, the Green Bar is, is down there. And they they don't have as big of a selection. And, and I know the Whiskey Library, it's hard to get into, and it's expensive and everything like that. But, of course, an incredible selection. Anytime, you know, I mean, people come in and are like, people come into McGregor's in either Manson or Cannon Beach and are like, wow, look at all these. You've got, you know, two, you got more than 200 whiskeys. I think right now I've got 239 in Manson Yeah. And then it's always like, yeah, walk into the whiskey library where there's six times that, <laughs> you know, imagine looking at your whiskeys in a book. But know, that sounds a little bit like the list society. People can have, they're, just because they have six times as many doesn't mean they're going to have six times as good a, an experience. In there. Sure. Can, you know, it, it's all the vibe of the place. And, of course, your place is a lot smaller and more intimate. And, oh, you walk out of your place and you're not in downtown Portland. You're looking at the surf in Manzanita. Right. And, and uh, exactly right. I mean, part of it is our location. We're... Um, yeah, we've got both places have a great location, a couple of blocks on the beach, and you're right there. And, uh, you know, when the sun is shining, which is usually shining here at the Oregon coast, as you know. Uh, I, my memory only goes about a month and a half, and I don't remember yeah, that. Weather here is always beautiful. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, but, by the way, so that I don't uh, short anybody, there are some other places um, uh, the Scotch Lodge uh, in Portland. Oh yes, uh, I can't is, believe is my, my brain is not functioning because it's holiday week, and I love Scotch Lodge. As you yep. mentioned, not because I'm a drinker, but the food there. We have an interview yep. with Tim Martell, the chef there, and some of the, they have some fantastic food there, and they've had some of Portland's best uh, bartenders in a night. Oh, some great bartenders right. there. Um, so I like Southland Whiskey Kitchen, uh, huge selection, um, and of course it's just a, a block away from uh, from the Bull Run Distillers uh, there on uh, just off of Twenty Third. Mm-hmm. Southland Whiskey Kitchen is good. Um, a lot of people like the Infirmary um, and Pay Dirt. Uh, so there's uh, there are several whiskey bars in Portland. Uh, if you haven't checked out. Um, uh, if you haven't checked out the uh, uh, the infirmary, uh, it's it's worth going in just to see. Uh, and, and by the way, out out in Beaverton, um, there. Uh, what's the big? Uh, oh, I wish I could help you. Yeah, it, it's so uh, uh, like Westview or. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. We can look it up and put it in the show and put it in the intro. Yeah. Uh, anyway, um, 
And then, you know, I've not been to Old Gold, uh, which is out on the Overlook, but I've heard good things about Over Overlook, uh, or I've, I've, I've heard good things about the Old Gold, um, but Pater's good. Um, like I say, love the Pope House. Um, uh, so anyway, yeah, they, they, there are some really good uh, whiskey bars. Were you searching for bootleggers or West, Westgate, one of those two? Westgate, that's what it was. So, yeah, Westgate. Yeah, the Westgate. Oh, and I should, yeah, how can I leave out Raven and Rose? Right downtown, right on uh, on um, 7th on Broadway. Uh, must be about 7th and Jefferson. Uh, and is is the Raven and Rose, which is a, a fantastic, first of all, the setting is fantastic. It's right by Portland State. Yeah, if it's you're, an uh, old, very historical house yeah. that was actually moved there. Right. However... I'm going to give you some bad news here, Chip, that I thought they were permanently closed. And as I'm doing a little search here, they are. So they have, the Raven and Rose is closed. Well, the Rookery Bar is closed. And I thought Raven and Rose. And it says, wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Permanently closed. Now, those are friends of mine. And I had seen them in Manzanita about a year ago. And I think uh, lately I've been seeing the proprietors there, Lisa and David, uh, looks like they're residing in California right now. I hate to put out a false oh. rumor, but yeah, permanently closed Raven and Rose here. Oh, that's too bad. Um, yeah, it's funny because I know that the um, Tommy, who used to be Close. one of the guys uh, at, uh, at, uh, at the whiskey library. Tommy Clouse. Tommy Clues, yeah. yeah. What what's his place called well, he, now? Well, he's he's at Scotch Lodge. Okay, he's at Scotch Lodge, but I thought he had a place called well, something he, else. He, uh, listen, we've had COVID, so I cannot guarantee the the accuracy That's of this it. information. But he right. was in business at La Moule uh, with with uh, Aaron Barnett at uh, there, and but then I understand Scotch Lodge was. His place. There may be some okay, others yeah. he's involved with now too, and I don't know. And we've been trying to get yeah. him on the podcast, so let's. I'll make a note of that, and we'll clear that up soon. And uh, but like I say, if people haven't been to the infirmary or pay dirt, two other good ones. And I know I'm just I'm sending people, but you know I I don't really view them as competition. I mean, God, we're two hours away. We're out here on the coast, and out here, uh, frankly, when it comes to having a lot of uh, of selection. Um, yeah, we don't have a lot of competition. No, uh, you, it, there isn't. I mean, you gotta there. You can like a lot of places here and still, pr pr uh, you know, uh, right. hit them and, and enjoy them. I personally, yeah. you know, I've always said we had Marzano's pizza last night because we had a hard time finding any place. But my son said, and I agree, we are really lucky in a little town like this to have such good pizza. Um, and so there aren't a lot, but there aren't a lot of choices in town and where to go to eat. And we're also, listen, we're part of the whole Portland metro and part of the whole vibe of Portland is, is to support one another and right. talk it up. You're, you're not here to talk about don't go here. I would bet you there's one place in Manzanita that I can think of where the proprietors might not suggest that they go to your place. I can only think of one place. And uh, maybe up the street. And that may not be the case because they may love you and I, I may be wrong. But um, yeah, that's I, I, honestly, I'll be honest, I, I wouldn't know who that is because, uh, 
Yeah, we send people to the Thai place, to the Mexican place, to Marzano's, uh, to the Sand Dune. You know, it used to be uh, Bread and Ocean is now uh, the offshore uh, grill. Offshore grill, which is great food. And now that they're serving inside, I'm happy with them. But I was not happy, yeah. not unhappy. I but I mean, I just got sick of eating out of boxes. So they never got. Yeah, to exactly. They didn't get to come into their own after moving here to Rockaway because we used to drive down to Rockaway just to eat there and be really happy. Then they moved here and it was right. takeout. And so. Right. Yeah. We used to do the same thing. Yeah. Right. And by the way, uh, Jay owns uh, uh, the lighthouse up on 101 and a uh, great relationship with, with him as well. So. And who's Jay? What else yeah. does Jay own? Who's, why should we know Jay? I, sorry. I, I, I know Jay because he comes into my. Oh, bar okay, so get... but my point was, I thought you were indicating that he owns something else and owns oh, Martin no. Anthony the Lighthouse. Yeah, the lighthouse is the lighthouse is good. They've got good chicken wings. I've been there for that. Um, but yeah, there aren't a lot of there aren't a ton of great spots here, and there aren't you know, Cannon Beach has a few. But I wanted to ask you while we're on Cannon Beach, where do you personally? I don't know if you can say this. This is a little bit like a Sophie's Choice question, but where do you personally have a better time when you're working at the Manzanita location or Cannon Beach location? Where do I have a better time? Well, I because the man because Manzanita is so many locals who have really embraced us. Uh, I have a better time there because really. Not a night goes by that I don't see people I know and want to have a conversation. And it's like, you know, Joe comes in. Joe, how you doing, man? And he always gets his maker's mark uh, old-fashioned. And then, uh, um, you know... Uh, uh, you know, Mike comes in and, you know, Mike always wants to have Jameson. And, you know, it's one of those where... Uh, 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 you know, there's another guy also named Mike who always wants, you know, he wants a, a black Manhattan made with uh, Colonel Taylor Rye. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like I, I could talk to these people and we know each other. And it is, as you know, Manzanita is a small town. So, you know, it's funny you mentioned Cannon Beach because um, people from Portland always want to go out uh, and they always want to. Well, they, you know, something in Seaside. Yeah. I don't know where to send them in Seaside. I will tell you, Noni's has the best Italian food for 100 miles around here. Noni's uh, Italian there in, in Seaside. Uh, in, in Seaside. Oh. Right on Broadway, right beside the uh, Seaside uh, Brew Pub, uh, right. Seaside Brewing. Um, and I think that there's a pizza place right there beside them as well. Um, what, Fultano's? I, I don't sorry. know. So I end up sending people as far away as Astoria and as far south as Newport. I think those are our best, the coast's best two food cities, if that's what you want to come out for. Um, right. But you can still make do in places like this. So when did you ever think you would own a whiskey bar? I mean, were you a guy who frequented bars and hung out like an old movie and, and you know, enjoyed the lore? So so here's what I did. I, I, again, I, I spent my life working in publishing. And so, you know, lived in Colorado for a while, uh, was in New York, lived in Nashville. And so I had favorite places that I like to go. Um, and I'm very much like that, where it's like, yeah, find a place that you really like and then, and then plop down there on a regular basis. 
but no, this wasn't like a lifelong dream. Uh, I've always wanted to own a whiskey bar. To be honest, what happened was I moved here. Um, and, and the Reader's Digest version is, yeah, I moved here uh, after I was cut loose at Time Warner thinking... I'm going to buy a place here at the beach. So I've got a place where people will always want to come visit. And I've got kids who are grown and they'll want to come and visit. And I'm going to buy a place in Portland in the Pearl District so I can actually, you know, go to the symphony and everything like that. And fortunately, I bought the place at the beach first because then, uh, you know, later Portland fell apart. But also, you know, I was looking around and after a while it was like, okay, wait a minute. Why should I be spending $800 a month on my HOA fees when, uh, you know, when I, I want to go to the symphony? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can go into Portland and stay at the Hilton and, um, you know, and walk to wherever I need to go or take an Uber anywhere. It's a hell of a lot cheaper. Uh, well, that's <laughs> to, the responsibility. To, you know. So it's interesting. There's a couple of things going on here. You and I identified that we graduated high school in the same year. And we so did, yeah. Great year. And that's been, for those, for those paying attention, that's been almost 10 years ago. <laughs> almost. Um, and then your memory kicks in, and it was actually 40-some-odd years ago. Um, but at any rate, so we both graduated at the same time. But my original dream, it didn't happen the way yours was, was to, when I sold my house in Lake Oswego, was to buy a place a little, this was when things were a little more doable, back in the mid-2000s, uh, buy a place in the Pearl and a little place out in Manzanita because I loved it so much. Well, Maybe. 2008 and 9 hit, and there goes the, there goes the assets the, that I yeah, can use exactly. to do that. But I found I'm just as happy renting in both places as I am owning. And so that's what I'm doing, and I'm kind of trying to wean myself off of the place in Portland now because I... I just as you said, I could do an Airbnb for what I pay there. Yeah. Uh, uh, my problem is I gotta find. I would find I have to find an Airbnb that takes my dog every single time and start all over. But at any rate, that's neither here nor there. I love the connection to both places and being yeah, able to do, do it. And so for me, my social life is there. I meet people there. I go places. I do things here. I want to be just kind of with my dog and my girlfriend, and I don't really need to know everybody here. So, um, yeah. so that's probably why we haven't crossed paths too much o over the. But we, uh, Holly and I, love going into Portland and going out to dinner. We go, we'll, we'll go see a show. Uh, you know, we just, I mean, uh, we just went to see the, you know, the. Uh, the symphony uh, at what we call the Paramount is is now the Portland or the Schnitz. Mm -hmm. uh, went in to see the Christmas show, um, and we love to. And there's so many places uh, that are so good in Portland to eat. And you know, uh, Le Pigeon or Muka Osteria are a couple of favorites. Ox is great. Andina, we love Andina. We love um, uh, the. the uh, Nostra uh, Nostrana? Nostrana. I love Nostrana. There's so, you, there, you just went through a, like an all-star cast. There's so many to love there. I was yeah, exactly. And we, used to, we used to love Paley's Place, you know. But uh, yep. There's so much to love. And then, you know, anything Aaron Barnett does is fantastic. St. Jack and La Moule is... Have you been to La Moule? Because I think you two would love it over there. 
I have not, but uh, it's on the it's list. It's a romantic bar. It's very nicely done. And then, you know what I've been lately, because I'll, if, if you ever wanted to open it up, we need sushi out here. We don't have a good sushi op option right. anywhere. Right. So I, I agree. When I go into Portland, I'm on the lookout. That's the first thing that comes to mind generally um, is, uh, is a little of that. So, um, yeah, no, it's nice having the – so do you get a lot of time? You're working hard here. The pandemic has been a little rough. However, for a lot of retailers and proprietors on the coast – 2020 was an excellent year and 2021 this is where people could visit so the the tourism was crazy out here so i would imagine it was a little it was kind of bittersweet for you because you had all these it was bittersweet yeah. yeah we lost a lot of money obviously during uh during the pandemic uh things closed uh but you know you still still have to pay rent and you still have to pay the electric bill and you still have to pay the internet to keep your security cameras going and things like that. And, uh, you know, we tried to keep health insurance going for everybody. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, a tough year. Things came back. Now, uh, I'll tell you what, the biggest frustration I have is I have friends. I was just talking to somebody, uh, in the South there, uh, in South Carolina, and they said, you know, and I actually was also talking to somebody in Florida, and both of them said, yeah, we've been fully open, you know, for months and months without any restrictions, no mask restrictions, everybody's fine. And I go back and forth on that because I'm one of those who's like, yeah, I, I want to protect, obviously we want to protect ourselves, but we want to protect other people, we want to protect our customers and everything like that. Uh, and... Uh, and I got tired of arguing with people coming in about why you need to wear a mask. You know, I will say that in Manzanita, that hardly ever happens. You know, that's that's another one of the differences between Manzanita and Cannon Beach. Uh, people were more were more willing to support the community here and not worried about themselves yeah. as much. Whereas in Cannon Beach, it was a constant, you know, you know, well, f the government, I don't care, kind of thing. And it's like, look, dude, this this is. This is not my personal rule, okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to stay in business and keep my license, okay? So could, could you identify where now? those people were coming from? Because I have a theory. The only, there's only I, I guess I don't like to say this because I like everybody to like us all, but the only time I see beer cans and cigarette butts on our <laughs> beach is after a Washington spring break. That's it. <laughs> So, so I don't know if you can identify whether they be the Washington people might be like that. Who knows? I can identify with that. Yeah. Okay. Now and that doesn't mean that all people from Washington are like that, but they have. There's a certain um, degree of respect that they don't have that people in Oregon, I think, want to preserve what's going on here. But that being said, you know. We everything is politically incorrect nowadays, so it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to talk. But that begs the question: in a bar where people like to get a little loose and have some talk, is political correctness something you have to that people are on the lookout for at a at a place like McGregor's, or is it just still kind of the same way it was ten years ago? Can you say what you want to say? Uh, I would say that. People, certainly people are more sensitive. To be fair, I'm more sensitive. Mm -hmm. you know, there's certain things that, that 
I think all of us used to joke about. And then we maybe came to a place where it's like, you know what? Maybe that's not, uh, maybe that's not appropriate. And, uh, you know, our industry, um, has been, uh, I think has taken a real look at itself uh, in terms of, uh, the, the, work environment for women mm -hmm. is a, is a, is a classic example. Um, or, uh, uh, the work environment for gay men, I think is another classic example, uh, where I think it's, I think it's a safer place to be than it used to be. That's a good thing. Um, uh, well, I but, but you, what you said is, is absolutely right, Chris, because we do have people come in and of course they'll sometimes want to say things very late. Well, I know I'm not supposed to say this because, uh, the, you know, and it's always like, okay, well, you know, but the, the nice thing about a bar, of course, is uh, basically you can say what you want and, um, uh, we don't have to agree on all things political or all things religious. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, the other part of the reason I mention it is because a lot, the, the senses of humor of people and generations have changed a little bit. So what, yeah. what used to be thought of as just an innocent joke, and I'm not defending it, but just what used to be thought of, you'd say no matter what, now you have to stop and think about all the, did I say that right? Did I say, did I call a woman beautiful? Am I allowed to do that any longer? Um, those sorts of things are things that happen in a bar uh, first. Right. So uh, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not yeah, but at the same time, my, you know, my, my wife helped me to see that, uh, yeah, there are certain things that she's had to live with or that a lot of women of service have had to live with that, you know, they shouldn't have to live with it. They, they don't have to be, uh, they don't have to live with constantly being hit on by guys, you know. My, my, my daughter telling me, you know, she got so tired of, you know, guys have a couple of drinks and say to her, oh, you should smile. You're so much prettier when you smile. Well, and I, yeah. and I think of it because my father was, I always called him an unadmitting alcoholic. So he was a drinker and his drink was scotch. And, man, he, you know, he was the poster child for shit you shouldn't be saying to my mother. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you know he, in my industry, in the whiskey industry, of course, uh, you know, when so Jim Murray every year, if you don't know, Jim Murray does the whiskey Bible and uh, it's a, it's, you know, annually updated and stuff like that. And finally, in. 2020 some people pointed out look jim murray sounds like a misogynist asshole and he doesn't need to say that kind of stuff in his book and it's not appropriate and, and the funny thing is uh, you know at first oh everybody you know there were a lot of people in the industry who wanted to leap to his defense and then i think as we all took a step back it was like yeah you know what yeah he he doesn't need to, he, uh, there's other ways to describe this rather than comparing it, you know, comparing this whiskey to, you know, some woman's breasts. Uh, it's just like, okay, yeah, you know, that's it's a fair criticism. You don't have to be a dick to be able to talk about, uh, about whiskey. Uh, you know, find some way to say it where you don't sound like a dick. 
Yeah. Well, some people would have a difficult time with that. <laughs> that would be a big challenge. Yeah. However, you yeah. know, what you have to come to realize is nowadays everything is a lot more diverse. So whiskey drinking is right. certainly a lot more diverse than it was in my father's day in the 19th hole at the country club. I mean, they were going right. to say stuff that just couldn't even be published now. Um, but so, you know, things have changed. Uh, you know, women are participating more in the industry in different ways on both sides of the bar. So yeah, you know, uh, we had uh, uh, Jill and the folks at... Uh, uh, at Freeland come out and do a tasting, you know, it's an all woman owned and operated distillery, Freeland uh, distilling uh, in Portland. And I have to say, I, I, I love it. I wish there was more of that. I wish, uh, frankly, that uh, uh, I, I wish that we had a more diverse industry, which, as you know, the distilling industry tends to be a lot of white males. Uh, and Look, I, again, I, I am one of those people who sees diversity as being a good thing right? with, uh, you know, with customers, <laughs> with staffing, with suppliers, with vendors. Uh, I just I think it makes us all better people. I don't think many people would argue that now. I think most people are on board. And if they're not, even if it goes against the grain of what they think, they still generally know politically they have to outwardly show that. Now, I go back. I think not only to that the 19th hole at the country club, but I go back. I used to do some work. Uh, my one of my first jobs in advertising, our big client was Seagram, and we used to do focus groups in New York. And there was not. I don't remember one woman involved in any of the on the client side, on the agency side. There were no women. They just didn't exist. So we've come a long way from there because i think the majority of anybody in advertising right now are women that was not the case then yeah uh there's actually um if you look it up uh yeah there's uh there's like a group called uh women who whiskey and i know that on the go bourbon site i know that uh, they have uh, they've done some articles on you know nicole austin and other people like that women getting more involved. Uh, I have a daughter who's gay, and so I'm sensitive to that, how we talk about and treat people uh, and um, and appreciate them, and not, not just like tolerate people who are different, mm -hmm. but appreciate them. And include, yeah. include completely. That's, right. and that's, because it is interesting. I've been saying that for a couple of years. You watch. I'll tell you, there is going to be. Um, we're starting to see uh, more people of color get involved in whiskey world, and uh, and I think that that is. I think we're going to see uh, new flavors. I think we're going to see new appreciations for things that are very different over the next uh, over the next few years as. Um, more diverse people get involved uh, in distilling. And how much input do you have to the distilleries? Like, let's say if you saw a trend, uh, is it, are you too small, do you think, to have any kind of influence? Yeah, my, my, my influence is, yeah, being able to say to them, you know what, you guys should be more diverse. That's, and they're hearing it from a, 
a lot of different places, and and it's clear people, we can yeah, see, people it, much we more can see it in me. media now. Once the media starts going different yeah. places, then it just permeates society. So I, from news organizations to uh, just entertainment to movies, everything has is including everybody now. So I think we can, I think yeah. we can yeah. pretty much see. So that being said, what's the client? What if I were to uh, and I have, but let's say tonight, I, well, I'm not going to do it. It's Tuesday night. You're not open. But uh, New Year's Eve, uh, you've got to be open on New Year's Eve. What yeah. kind of clientele will we see? Is it mostly couples? Um, I would imagine it's mostly couples and not a lot of single people. And you, you got to. Interestingly, yeah. Interestingly, at both of our bars, we have talked about that. Not a lot of single people uh, coming in. I, and I do think that. One of the reasons that doesn't happen is partly the towns that we're in, which tend to be couples and families coming in more than singles. Uh, New Year's Eve will be a lot of groups. Right. You know, we had a great, as a matter of fact, you'll love this story. We had a, we had a great scene. Now, of course, the government shut us down last, uh, uh, you know, the uh, last New Year's Eve, unfortunately, but uh, here in Oregon. But uh, we had a great scene a couple of years ago where. We had a big group of young people, and of course, I'm you know 63, so they all look like they were 12 to me, you know. But I have a big group, and they we have fire tables in front of our bar in Manzanita. So, and they had you know taken over the entire front patio. So two big fire tables, and you've got probably 16, 18 people sitting around, and it's New Year's Eve, and they're there to party and everything like that. And there's one guy who's a little older, who's clearly like the boss. I don't know if this is a family, a company. Uh, you know, some kind of a group or association or something, but they're clearly all together. They're having a good time. And they're all, but none of them are familiar with whiskey, right? And so the guy decides to take charge. They come out and I'm like, so happy new year. What, what can I do for you folks? You know, and he stands up and he sort of self-importantly, I tell you what, a shot of fireball for everybody. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> can I make a what? suggestion? <laughs> I I don't have fireball. I'm, I'm sorry. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, how about some tequila for everybody? Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. That's an alternative. <laughs> okay, well, my guess is he probably was just grasping for straws. So any good suggestion was uh, going to work. But um, well, that you know when I used to go to Dixie's and when I first moved here, I lived walking distance. The only time in my life I've ever lived walking distance to anywhere that had a door that had a sign when they were open. Um, so, you know, I lived right up the street above Yoke. So I was down there a lot. That was mostly single people, mostly single locals yep. that I recall right. going in there. Yep. Uh, a couple of times, there would be couples here and there. But uh, yeah, but one of, one of the things I was going to point out, that one of the things that's changed is that... Um, the, the actual bar. So I'm, I'm the kind of person, Holly and I are, are the kind of people, we always like to go in and actually sit at the bar. Uh, and a lot of people don't like that. But I love sitting at the bar. I like seeing what the bartender's doing. I like seeing how he or she is making drinks. Um, and there's, I think you get a, a, a great sense of the vibe of the place sitting at the bar. But, um, you know, it's funny. That has gone away so much. I mean, at our bar in Manzanita, 
you know, you can only get four people at the bar. At the bar in Cannon Beach, you can probably only get three, four you could squeeze in there at the bar. Um, and anytime there's two, they always take the middle two seats. And so it's basically, you know, well, we're full. But well, even if you fill it up properly and you have two and two, then it's not as conducive as a single person to come and sit over on the side. You want to sit. Exactly. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I guess that, that makes sense. So well, with the space we have, yeah, with the space we have, it's just, it's just tougher. It's just tougher to do like a long bar somewhere. So we've set it up the way we've set it up. I think you should, I think you should try uh, setting aside a night and it's men only and see what happens with that. So, you know, <laughs> it's interesting. So because we're trying to have... Women get that women's <clears throat> night out all the time. Ladies night. Ladies. So we're talking about doing that. We were thinking of doing Sunday afternoons, uh, scotch and cigars. Uh, but then women yeah. can come too. You can't do that anymore. Right? You can't eliminate. You could not do it without women being invited. You may not market to them, but they'd have to be invited. You'd, you'd... Yes, yeah, I'm not trying to exclude women from right, scotch right. and cigars. But I've always said Just... that, and I don't know if I'm going to get the ra- we don't get the wrath of anybody on this podcast. So we know people are listening, but I've always said, you know, women can have ladies' nights out and champion. We only support women's businesses, but men can't do that because we did that for years. So we're, we've used up our quota of doing that, I think. So, <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I think that's that's the case. It's uh, We can't do that. So... Speaking of men and women, you're running restaurant, you're running your bar and, and food establishments with your wife, whom, by the way, you haven't been with forever. This is a fairly new relationship in terms of, you know, what, eight years so, eight, nine years, something in that neighborhood. How does that work out for you? Well, so Holly is the brains of this outfit, and I'm, I'm pretty much here just as, as eye candy. <laughs> I sort of hang around. I wear clean shirts and a bow tie and and shave. And yeah, and shave. Holly's actually the brains of the outfit. So uh I uh no, we work well together. Um like I say, we met at the wine bar and uh hit it off and uh we're coming up on uh you know, we got married in January in, in Maui and we're coming up on a third or fourth anniversary and um we'll skip over this part uh and um yeah we're yeah we're great together holly is uh the thing is that people love my wife she is uh she's friendly she's knowledgeable she knows how to make people feel that they're being listened to and uh and that's a great trait in your business yeah exactly yeah uh, and, you know, they, they come to me because they've got a question. It's like, hey, uh, tell me about this scotch, you know, or tell me about this bourbon. Okay. I, and so you, know, you both know your roles and you've got two different yep. places and you've got a, you're, you're, you're on the same page when it comes to the vibe that you want. And when right. issues come up, let's go this way. You're not really fighting each other on that. So, yeah, we're really not. Uh, you know, here's, here's a good example of food. Um, you know, we both agreed. It, it's not just, I mean, the goal was to, you know, have a couple of hundred whiskeys. Right? 
you know, lots of and, and, and a lot of high end things, a lot of high end scotches and bourbons and ryes. Um, and uh, but food. So a lot of people who a lot of couples who own restaurants, you know, that's what they fight over. And it's like we just knew early on, look, there's certain things we want to do. We want to be able to feed people here. Um, but we want to keep it simple. You've seen our kitchen. We need to keep it simple. Right. Uh, and so, uh, so she's been great in terms of, always been great in terms of having a vision and being able to say, look, um, you know, pasties, uh, you know, s- sandwiches that are, uh, like, a, uh, I, how do you explain a pasty? Well, it's a little bit like an empanada, but. <clears throat> it is like an empanada. It's, 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 yeah, it's like a pop tart with meat for adults. Right. So, um, and, uh, uh. You know, or or bringing in a bringing in a stew, or bringing in our lobster bisque, or something like that. And yeah, Holly's been really great about seeing and and having a sense of vision for that. So, and you're the fir- the I had the cl- she delivered the clam chowder to me once. That was fantastic. So, and you know, everybody's always concerned about the clam chowder out on the coast and uh, on the hunt for good ones. I thought that was a good one. Thank you. Yeah, we, uh, as far as I know, we're one of the few places that actually make it from scratch. Uh, you know, there's so many places nowadays. And I'm like, uh, who, who make it out of a can? And I'm just like, are you kidding me? We live at the beach, for goodness sake. And you, people are, you're opening up a can to serve to well, come on. a little yeah. easier. I must ask, as long as we're on the subject, and because you mentioned Ox before, have you ever had their clam chowder at Ox in Portland? I've never had their clam chowder. All right, well, then I just gave you the gift back that you bestowed on me for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. That's my gift back to you. Go there and uh, grab and get an order of their clam yeah. chowder. It's like nothing else you've okay. ever had. So you'll... Do people still go to Dan and Louie's? Uh, I don't know about people. I haven't been in years. I, I went there when yeah, I first I moved either. to Portland before I learned there was a real food scene. So... Right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, I'm sure they still do well. I ask my 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 father took me there when I was a young boy, uh, which, you know, again for those who don't know us, that's that's been nearly ten years. Yeah, and wow. so, uh, um, well, but I stopped in there. I stopped in there for um, uh, for a bowl of clam chowder, and uh, and it was really good. And I was surprised to find out that the family still owns it. I mean. How often does that happen when you're fifth generation and the family is still running a restaurant? There aren't many in Portland, I think. What do you got? Maybe, I don't know, Huber's, but you got that. And you've got Ringside is on generation three. And over 75 years, that's an institution in and of itself. So, and you can't be around if you're not doing it well. You can't, in a a city like Portland, you can't just dial it in on any level and survive so and a lot do on the coast they dial it in because they've got this tourist market you can afford to do it so yeah that's what that's one of your i think one of your tenants when you opened was to to be good and quality and not just take advantage of the fact that people are here so now we uh, you know holly always had said you know she wanted to create a place that she would want to go to, which I know sounds like marketing copy, but it's not. I mean, this we want to create a place that she and I would feel comfortable going to, something upscale, uh, you know. And and it's one of the reasons why. Well, we offer a few beers 
you just never been to think, ah, there's so many beer places out of the coast. You know, in Cana Beach, I mean, there's, you know, Public Coast has something. And uh, I, I mean, and, and Bill's Tavern is a kitty corner from us. And they've got great beer. And I mean, there's a uh, Pelican is there. You got three brew pubs in town. It's like, I don't want to compete with that. Uh, here's what they don't have, you know. They don't have, you know, 200 kinds of brown liquor and some really top-shelf uh, uh, bourbons and scotches. Uh, uh, so let's do that, you know. Let's create a place where we would like, we'd like to eat here. We'd like to drink here. We'd like the ambiance. I so. think that's important for any business you want. I know in, you know, in my life, I've wanted clients that I like to be with, right? That's important. And, um, you know, you want... You want to run your business as though you were there. So uh, yeah. that's, the, that's the best benchmark. And a lot, I think a lot of businesses, and I'm not necessarily talking about restaurants, but a lot of businesses, they went to school and they're reading manuals and they're reading how other people, what, the, what the norms are for others. I've seen travel agencies do that. And there's better ways to do things if you're, if you're looking at it from a customer standpoint. So, right. um, so that's the case. Um, did you ever have a job in radio? You have this voice that is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did. Um, <laughs> I, I worked. Uh, I worked in radio for a few years, uh, and I know I've got the I've got the pipes for it. My twin brother, by the way, I spent his life in radio. Worked for Alaskan Public Radio for years, mm -hmm. and is currently um, on air in Newport, Oregon, working for some stations. It was funny, having spent my life in publishing, uh, especially in the mornings, you know, when it's really, mm -hmm. really deep. I haven't had a chance to use it yet. <clears throat> and it's happened to me a hundred times where I'll be at some morning meeting and somewhere during the meeting, you know, the, and again, I was working on a book on the publishing side and somebody, somebody in marketing had turned to me, would you do, would you do commercials for us? <laughs> so was, no. Sorry. Oh, or just be the read the books, be the narrator. The the those are that can make or break an audio book, right? To do audio book, I think well, you have a good audio book voice. Well, thanks very much. That's very nice of you to say. I uh, this is what I like doing. I, I like just coming on and talking to people on on their podcasts or on their radio shows. Uh, right, and, that's enough. Uh, but that's, that's nice of you to say. Thanks. Oh, my pleasure. So I just wanted to ask, I saw you had a little uh, uh, terrible thing happen. Your general manager, Lynn, was in an accident uh, last month. Yeah, we're still in December, right? It looked like it was November. Yeah. How are yeah. things going? I know you did it. I'd like to draw attention to the GoFundMe so that people... Thank you very much. It's really nice of you to ask. Yeah, our... Uh, so just so you know, Lynn Kyrus was the first employee we had before we even opened. Lynn had, as Lynn and her uh, former husband had started Left Coast Burrito uh, in town. And so for almost 25 years, uh, she ran a restaurant here in town. Uh, and then, you know, had some life changes and everything. And she was trying to figure out what her next thing was going to be. So I went to her and I said, Lynn, we want to start this whiskey bar. Would you be interested? And so... And I figured, well, I know whiskey. Lynn knows, you know, dealing with the county and the health department, and she knows what the rules are for that, and she's got ideas on food. She's done food before and everything. And so Lynn Kyrus has been with us really from day one. Uh, you know, we, uh, 
uh, officially formed the corporation on uh, March 15th, uh, the Ides of March, uh, five years. So we're coming up on our fifth year anniversary. We didn't open until D-Day, June 6th. But, uh, uh, and she's been with us since that day, since, uh, since March 15th, uh, coming up on five years. Lynn has always been there, been our chief bartender and the manager at the at the location, uh, just you know, taking care of everything. She was in a terrible car accident a couple of months ago, um, taken uh, driving in on Sunset Highway into Portland, and uh, it was not her fault. Somebody's coming the other way, and they were stopped, and a guy with a, his new car. Uh, wasn't paying attention and ran into them and pushed it into a head-on collision with Lynn. Mm. So she was in the hospital for about two weeks, came home for a couple of days, had to go back for surgery. And her dad was with her uh, and uh, he's in his seventies. And uh, he also has been in the hospital for several weeks. So thanks for asking. Um, she was badly hurt. She's doing much better. She's going to be in rehab for quite a while. Uh, Do you anticipate she'll be up and around? In 22? She's up up on a, uh, you know, on one of those wheel things where you put one knee on it and you kind of walk around and it rolls a little bit. uh, And um, we were supposed to have our Christmas party uh, over the weekend and she was going to come. It was going to be her first uh, outing. But because of the weather here, we had to cancel because we don't want people driving around in this stuff. So. But uh, but Lynn's healing. And by the way, if people are regular uh, McGregor's uh, customers and know Lynn and would like to contribute, uh, you can just make a check out to Lynn Kyrus and you can send it to us or drop it by the bar. You can just send it to McGregor's in, in Manzanita and we'll make sure she gets it. We're not taking any of that. It's all going to Lynn, of course. And there's so. also a GoFundMe. So if you go to McGregor's... You correct me on your your uh, McGregor'sWhiskeyBar.com. Right, you'll see there uh, a link to the GoFundMe. So that's the quickest, easiest way without even getting up out of one's chair to, to, <laughs> yeah. make, to make that happen. That's right. I, I hear the word check now, and I'm always looking for the other way to do it. Oh, I know. Yeah, I, yeah I'm the same <laughs> way. It's like check. Yeah, I think I still have a checkbook somewhere. Uh, I, I, I was just yeah. asked for a check the other day and said, "Nope, you're going to have to wait. It's not coming right now." So at any rate, yes, we hope. I'm, a lot of people have, you know, having been there for five years. I'm sure she has a lot of friends and fans, and so um, and, does, yeah. and people. I would hope who have heard this podcast today who are now wishing and making plans to visit McGregor's in either Cannon Beach or Manzanita, they can do it too because they all have kind hearts, right? A lot of people have good hearts. That's true. Uh, By the way, can I I make an announcement about something that's new that we're excited about? We love that. Go ahead. Okay, so for the, so this is you can scoop uh, everyone here on your podcast. So we are uh, we've had people requesting this for quite a while. We're finally going to take a trip. We're going to uh, take people uh, this in fall of 2022. We're going to take people out on the Bourbon Trail, um, and we're going to uh, visit uh, some distillers. Go around, meet with the distillers, uh, get to walk through, get to try a bunch of places and everything like that. So there's going to be a bunch of uh, information coming out on that too. We've never done that before, but you know we try and offer a class every month, the whiskey education class, and um, so we're going to follow that up this fall, this coming fall, by also taking a trip back to uh, back to Kentucky and uh, 
going down the bourbon trail. Oh, fantastic. How many people will you have on that? Because, you know, this is what I do, too. Not necessarily that trip, but uh, how many people will you have? Um, so we're, I, we've been told we can have up to 24, although uh, I've been told That's that... That's a lot. And you... Uh, that, that it's too that it's too many that really that, that uh, people who have done it before have told me if you have more than 16 it gets kind of out of hand that's the number so, 16 is yeah. the max i think that's my personal opinion um 12 14 is beautiful 10 12 14 we've done as few as seven when mm -hmm. that was what it called for and uh yeah so but i think 24 is just it feels too much like a school field trip with everybody. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's what, somebody else used that exact same term. They said, we can have up to 24, but then it's like a school field trip. Right. It's like going to OMSI. You know, we're taking a fifth grade class to the zoo and to OMSI. What, you know? what I want from what, from what I think is best from my experience is if you set it up so people become, can become great friends. And so with a group of 16 and you're there for a few days, these people can hang out with these people for a couple of days, maybe early on decide we're best friends. We have people from our first trip when we went to Barcelona who are still traveling around the world together. They're best friends, they do yeah, things. Great. And that to me is the most gratifying thing. Beyond <laughs> their experience and what they enjoyed is that they now have people they can, ex for, uh, with whom they can expand their horizons. So that's cool. I'd, I'd, uh, We'll, I'll be happy to promote that, too, because we have people who are interested in that sort of thing. Um, well, thanks. Anything else going on in 2022 that everybody should be aware of uh, in terms of coming to Manzanita or Cannon Beach? That I saw you have some trivia nights, you know. I don't know. Yeah, we're uh, yeah we we had to kill trivia during COVID, but trivia is coming back, and uh, we continue to have classes every month. Uh, if people want to join uh, the whiskey club, you were doing a, a new push. Anybody who joins uh, here in in January will uh, for the year. It's fifty dollars a year, and and they'll get a uh, they'll get a McGregor's Glencairn Scotch glass, which would be better if I could actually hold up a glass, but I didn't think to bring this one. Is, this is, by the way, this is all audio. If we didn't talk about it, you and I are just seeing each other to make this a more comfortable conversation. Okay, all right. Um, so it's a beautiful glass, and it will change your life there. Uh, so, um, but that way, you know, like I say, there's uh, we try and really give value to people. Uh, in the whiskey club uh, and they you know coupons for things off and get to go to all the classes for free and stuff like that so all right last, anyway. last question since i'm more of a food person if i'm coming into let's say manzanita what do i want to order what, what would you suggest we where on the menu do we go uh for best food that you're serving there i'm sure everything's there for a reason but what what do you like the most at our location or in town? No, at your location. Oh, yeah. Okay, so um, we have... Uh, uh, so my favorite thing on the menu is our, is our pate board, uh, which has a selection of three pâtés. Uh, there's a, a pork rillet. There's a... Uh, uh, anyway, they, they, we, we get our pâtés from Olympic Provisions in Portland, and I think they are stellar. Um, oh, you can't miss with that. And it's Olympia Provisions, speaking of changes. Yeah, I know. They had to change your name. Right. Sorry. Uh, and uh, and we also have a cheese board. And I know lots of places have a cheese board. But um, 
I'm telling you, I, I just, again, my favorite things, pate board, the cheese board. Now, lots of people come in for the lobster bisque, just as lots of people come in for uh, the, uh, uh, the pasties. Um, you know, it's one of those where it depends on what you like. Uh, not everybody's a pate fan right. and everything. Well, also uh, what you're drinking. There's certain things that are better with a, with a scotch flight than others. You took the words right out of my mouth. It, it, this is so funny because uh, the most, I think, the, you know, certainly one of the most, the most popular thing in Manzanita has, has been the mac and cheese. We have a really good mac and cheese. But I find mac and cheese to be a little heavy sometimes when you're doing like a bourbon, for example. Mm -hmm. Uh, and yet, it's wildly popular. Uh, so, yeah, we continue to stay busy. And our number one food item in Canada Beach has been uh, has been fish and chips. We use halibut um, uh, in our fish and chips, and that's been our number one. And you have a different kitchen there, so you're able to do fish and chips there, and not that's you don't right. have a fryer in Manzanita. So um, correct. Yeah. Well, good. So that all the more reason to try both locations because when people come out here, they're here for a few days. Uh, generally and uh, looking for nice places to go so um, I'm hoping other than that this beautiful beach and some of the trails that we have that people put McGregor's on their list of places they need to go that would be so nice please and if you're around uh, you know ask for me Chip McGregor or ask for Holly Holly McGregor we would we'd love to meet uh, and if anybody wants to reference the show we'd uh, you know we'd just we'd love to talk to you and everything chris thanks so much for having me on i really appreciate it. it's nice to meet and good to have this uh, conversation yeah i know it's great that we've had the opportunity uh, i really appreciate you're doing it on this holiday week taking the time and closing out our eighth year you know when we started doing podcasts we had to tell people what a podcast was and how to <laughs> i'm serious and now, you know, everybody's got a podcast. So we're, we're wow. glad we're still around and we have our sponsors who um, are with us to help bring your stories out to other people. So um, thanks, Chip. And I look forward, we're doing a little thing at the end of January and I'm really looking forward to, to that. I've been doing some thinking about how to tweak that a little bit, but I'm gonna let you do most of the tweaking because you're, you're the pro. So I was thinking of popping out of a cake for you. I thought that you'd probably appreciate that. Yeah, okay. I, I guess I'm politically correct. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> hey, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You too. And same to Holly. And uh, we will be in touch soon. And uh, All right. best, Thanks very much. best uh, to Lynn, too, going into the New Year. Hope you have her back uh, soon. Thanks. I'll pass that along. All right. Thank you, Chip. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. <laughs>